Well, good afternoon. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Wednesday in the Word. I am Anthony Moore, and I serve as a senior pastor of Carolina Missionary Baptist Church, and we are honored to have you join us in this hour, Wednesday in the Word. Thank you so very much for your presence on today. I want to attack a subject matter that's dealing with the mind. I want to I want to deal with the mind today. I want to jump right in the lesson, the mind. I, I want to entitle this particular lesson today, and I'll be tackling this issue for the next four to five weeks of dealing with the mind. Let's um let's let's put a tag on this particular lesson. And let's call it Mind Your Mind. That's what we want to talk about today. Mind your mind. Mind your mind. All of us are developing a mind with which we think and reason about life. This is God's intent. He created us as Homo sapiens. Homo sapiens. Homo sapiens is Latin for the wise human. It, it gives indication that we are God's creation who walks upright and we are thinking individuals. So Homo sapien is Latin for wise human. God created us as thinking and decision-making beings. Thinking is an essential attribute of the image of God in man. The biblical principle is where your mind goes, you go. Or to put it another way, whatever gets your mind gets you. One of the most important things we need to learn and be taught is how to set, how to guard, how to strengthen and renew our minds. I, I want to do that again. One of the most important things that we need to be learned, that we, that we need to learn and be taught, is how to set, how to guard, how to strengthen, and how to renew our minds, because the battle always starts in the mind. It always starts in the mind. Every thought leads to an action that was created in the mind and is manifested through the person. You cannot accomplish the plans that you set out to accomplish if you don't have the right mindset. Everything depends on the setting of your mind. Bible says, as a man or woman thinketh, Proverbs 23, verse 7, as a man or as a woman thinketh, so is he, so is she. According to Proverbs 23, verse 7. See, I believe the mind is so important that the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18, it says this, it says, come, let us reason together, said the Lord, 
though your sins be as scarlet. Look at it again. Come, let us reason together, said the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. The mind, the mind is so important. It's so important until the Bible admonishes us in Philippians chapter 2, verse 5, it admonishes us to have the mind of Christ, the mind of Christ, the mind of Christ. He says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. The mind, the mind, the mind is so important. The mind is so important that even in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, it tells us, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So as human beings, we were, we were created. Let's, let's look at this for a moment. Um, as human beings, we were created by God with a body, with a soul and spirit. Yeah. I, I know I'm right because in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, watch verse 23, and I'll read to you from the ESV version. It says this, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit and soul and body, look at it again, may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. It has been said, listen, it has been said that we are not bodies with souls. We are souls that have bodies. Let's, let's look at the um, composition of this body, soul, and spirit. Let's, let's kind of individually take a look at this. Let's deal with the body. The body. The outer man is our physical housing through which we experience the world. Our bodies function primarily through the five senses and by meeting innate needs that drive us to eat and to drink and to sleep. Now, I want you to note this. Please put this in your notes. Our bodies are not evil, but are gifts from God. I, I need you to get that. Our bodies are not evil. Now, remember, we're, we're comprised of body, soul, and spirit. Our bodies are not evil. They're gifts from God. It's a gift from God. The idea that the body is evil, therefore, is not even Christian. It's not a biblical concept. It's important to note, however, that the body can become a problem because of the way the soul is programmed. The soul, the soul, the soul, the way the soul is programmed. We'll get to that a little minute, in a minute. The way the soul is programmed. So also, get this, the body is affected by sin, preventing the body from functioning as it was designed. God desires that we surrender our bodies as living sacrifices to him, Based upon Romans 12, verse 1, it tells us this. It says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living 
sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. When we accept God's gift of salvation through Christ, our bodies becomes the temple of the Holy Spirit. Because First um, Corinthians, it tells us, First Corinthians in chapter 3, verse 16. Here's what it says in First Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16. Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? God desires that we surrender our bodies as a living sacrifice to him. And the moment that we do, our bodies become temples of the Holy Spirit. Now, that's the outer man. That's the visible, external aspect of the person. Okay, now that's body. Let, let's take a look at the soul. Our souls, on the other hand, are the personality centers of our beings from which our mind, will, and emotions operate. Our bodies get in trouble because of the programming of the soul. Wow. Uh, let me come back and get you again. Our bodies get in trouble because of the programming of the soul. See, it's with our souls that we choose either to listen to and obey the lust of our flesh or the desires of the Holy Spirit. The battle is fought in the soil of our soul which is our mind, our will, and our emotions. The soul of a person is the courtroom where life decisions are made. It is the seat of the self-life and the fountain from which character traits such as self-confidence and self-pity and self-seeking and self-gratification originate. Watch what it says in Galatians chapter 5. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 through 17, I want you to see what it says there. It says, but I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, in order to keep you from doing the things that you want to do. Whenever Satan wants to launch an attack, he will often come for the soil of our soul. He comes from the soil of our soul. He starts attacking the way we think and the emotions that come from how, that come from how we think. The reason he does it on the soil of our soul is because if he can have our mind, then he can pretty much have everything else about us, which is why it's important that we have our minds transformed. It's important that your mind be transformed. It's important that your mind be transformed, that your mind be transformed. Now, watch this. We've looked at um, the body. We've looked at the soul. Soul is where the mind, where the will and the emotions are. Let's look at the spirit for a moment. 
Our spirit contains the inner man of which the scripture speaks. Our spirit is where the spirit of God communes with us. Wow. Let's do that one more time. I want you to get this. Our spirit is where the spirit of God communes with us. That's why Jesus said in John chapter four, verse 24, God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. It is within our spirits that we are born again. The inner man contains the conscience upon which the Holy Spirit can move and convict of sin. Our spirits are the part of us that is most like God with an innate knowledge, with an innate knowledge that God himself is um, the one calling the shots. The inner man of which the scripture speaks is where the spirit of God communes with us. It's where the spirit of God communes with us. That's why he said God is a spirit and those who worship him must do it in spirit and in truth. It is within our spirits that we are born again. That inner man contains the conscience upon which the Holy Spirit can move and convict of sin. Our spirits are the part of us that's most like God with an innate knowledge of right and wrong. Look at Romans, if you will. Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. Romans 12, verse 1 and 2. When you look there, what you're going to see is this. It implores us not to be conformed to this world. Not to be conformed to the world or the ways that the world think. Rather, our inner man must be transformed by the renewing of our minds. The mind renewal comes about as we allow the Holy Spirit free reign with our inner man, and then he begins to change our actions and desires so that it matches God's. Look at what Romans chapter 8, verse 13 through 14 says. Romans 8. Here's what it says. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Verse 14, for all who were led by the Spirit of God are sons and daughters of God. Now, let's go over this again. The composition of, of man is body, it's soul, and spirit. It is in the soil of the soul where the journey begins. It is in the mind. Now, let's, let's, let's tackle this for the next um, uh, seven or eight minutes. What, what, what is the mind, Pastor? Let's tackle that. What is the mind? What is the mind? Now, here's what we've already know. We know that um, man comprises of body, soul, and spirit. It's there that the soul is made up of the mind, the will, and the emotions. So, hey, pastor, what is the mind? What's the mind? Yeah. Now, there are several, there are several uh, words in both um, Greek and Hebrew, in the Hebrew and the Greek. There are great many words in both Hebrew and Greek that are translated mind. There, there are several, there are several. In the Old Testament, 
the word that is um, often um, translated mind is the word for heart. It's the word for heart. Yeah, it's the word for heart. In some instances, what you will see is that when you look at the word mind in the Bible, you might see the word um, translated heart in some instances. In some instances, the word heart refers to the actual physical organ that's in our body. But many times in the Bible, it refers to the inner being. Now, heart, that organ that's in our body, but when it's in the Bible and we see it, uh, it, it oftentimes refers to the inner being of the individual, the root of the will and the emotions. Now, the biblical word heart needs to be understood because in this Western culture, um, heart has come to mean something quite different. I mean, it means something quite, when we, when we think about a Valentine's or will you be my Valentine, you know, that time is coming up um, pretty soon. Um, we see these little, when we think about Valentine's and, and being someone's Valentine, we, we see little cherry cheek cherubs with bowls and arrows shooting um, little arrows into hearts. We, we, we see chocolate candy and all of these things that um, literally you all matter to us. The meaning of heart in that context, which comes, by the way, out of the Roman background in Western culture, is based on emotions and feelings. So that when we say, I love you with all my heart, we're thinking of deep emotions that um, wells up inside of us. But that's not at all what the Bible is referencing when it uses the word heart. Whenever you read heart, in the Bible and think it's about an emotion or feeling, you are misinterpreting the scripture there. You have poured a new content into the word that the Bible speaks not of. Heart in the Bible is more often linked with the intellect, with the mind, than it is with the emotions. I, I want you to get that. Heart, when we see it in the Bible, it's, it's more than likely linked with the intellect than it is with the emotions. I know I'm right because in Proverbs 23 and 7, watch what it says. As a man thinketh in his heart. Intellect, heart. As a man thinketh in his heart. Not, not only that, but how about Psalms 14 and 1? This is what it says. The fool have said in his heart, there is no God. Fool, intellect, um, heart, there is no God. The fool have said there is no God. Heart and intellect are often linked together. I want you to please put this in your notes. Heart and intellect are often linked together. So heart is not set over against the intellect. It includes the intellect and the heart. It includes the intellect and the heart. In, in the Bible, it's, it's, it's far from meaning emotion, and it's more often linked with the intellect than it is with the emotions. So, so pastor, what does heart mean? Heart means 
the inner you. It's the life that you live inside, the life that lives, that lives inside of yourself that nobody knows about. It's the life you live inside of yourself that nobody knows anything about except God and you. Um, let me show you all what it says in Acts chapter 1, verse 24. In Acts chapter 1, verse 24, the disciples prayed to God as the heart knower. The heart knower. Watch what it says. It says, and they prayed and said, you, Lord, who know the hearts of all, the heart knower, he knows. You, Lord, know the hearts of all. Show which of these two of you, uh, which, which of these two you have chosen. Now, when we think of heart, we ought to be thinking about the inner life of the individual that motivates all that they do and all that they are and all that they think. Now, I know I'm right because when you look at Matthew chapter 15, verse number 19, Jesus tells us that from the heart comes evil thoughts, murderers and adulteries, sexual sins, thefts, uh, false testimonies, blasphemy. All that I'm trying to get you all to see, all that I'm trying to convey here is that the word that is often translated for mind, M-I-N-D, is the word heart. In the New Testament, in the New Testament, in the New Testament, um, the word cardia, cardia, K-A-R-D-I-A, cardia, that's the Greek word for the word heart which can also be translated mind. Wow. So when you look in the New Testament, what you see is the word cardia, K-A-R-D-I-A, which is the Greek word for heart, which can also be translated mind. We, however, often want to make them um, two separate entities. In the, in the New Testament, in the New Testament, you will also see another word for, for, for mind. And that's the word um, phrono, phrono. The, that's the Greek word phrono, phrono, P-H-R-O-N-E-O, phrono. That word is often translated also as the word mind, M-I-N-D. And most often, by the way, refers to a person's understanding, a person's views or a person's opinions. For an example, what you see in Mark chapter 8, verse 33, in Mark chapter 8, verse 33, watch how Jesus refers um, to his disciples. But turning and seeing his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, get behind me, Satan, for you are not setting your, wait for it, mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. There are several, by the way, several words, several words that can be used for the word mind. Several other words that also can be translated for the word minds. Perhaps you all, the most important um, for theological purposes is the word that we find in Matthew chapter 22, verse 37. 22, verse 37, yeah. Um, when you get there, it says this, y'all, and, and he said to them, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all of your soul and wait for it, with all of your mind. Now, 
The word dianoia, 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 that's the word, dianoia, spelled D-I-A-N-O-I-A, dianoia. That is a compound word that we see here for the word mind in the Greek, dianoia. It's the word that we see right there in Matthew 20, verse 20, uh, chapter 22. That word dianoia is a compound word that combines the D-I-A, dia, which, which could be translated as the word through, T-H-R-O-U-G-H. And the word noyous is another word for mine. Now, that particular word is used many times in the New Testament. When Jesus says to love the Lord with all your heart, soul, and mind, he's not highlighting various aspects of personalities. He's not differentiating between emotion and intellect. Rather, he's saying that our love for God should be all-inclusive. The mind is simply one more way to identify the inner being, all that we are. Now, listen. I want to thank you for your time. That's my time for the day. Um, I want to make sure that we continue and that we follow this format because I want to be certain to give you an opportunity to get all of this, to can't wait to get back to next week and we'll give you some more. I want to continue working on this whole idea and concept about the mind. Hey, Pastor, how do I set my mind? How do I, in fact, Pastor, um, guard my mind? How do I arm my mind? And, and these are the things I want to begin to tackle because I believe that the mind is absolutely critical. Y'all, all of us are developing a mind with which we think and reason about life. And if we can get our mind right, if we can get the mind right, if we can get the mind right, then we can correct the body and allow our spirit to be in communion with God. So I want to work on the mind. Stay tuned to next week as we go further with this in developing and discussing and looking at how do we set our mind? How do we, in fact, guard our mind?